Hello, I am Beverly Clark and I'm the Computing at School National Community Manager. And in this CAS Inspire story, we will be shining a light on another inspiring educator, in which they will be asked to share what has led them to a career in education, their hopes of the profession, successes, challenges faced, and how they were overcome along with tips for a new entrance into the profession and how to encourage a diverse and inclusive learning environment. I hope you enjoy listening and consider joining the Computing at School community afterward. My guest today is Mark Martin, MBE. Hello, Beverly. Thanks for having me. Mark Martin, also known as the Urban Teacher, is an advanced skills teacher in education and computer science. Mark is a thought leader in edtech and a hugely popular speaker, sharing his expertise and insights with educators around the world. He's a teacher advisor for a few major global tech brands and advocates for homegrown talent, digital skills and education equity. In 2019, Mark had a hugely impressive year. In February, he was awarded the London Business Award for Paying It Forward. And a few months later, in the Queen's Birthday Honours list, he was awarded an MBE for Services to Education, Technology and Diversity in UK Technology. Mark, that is quite an achievement. Very well done. Can you, Thank you. Can you share with our listeners some of the work that you have done to improve equity in UK education? So when I first started education and, or teaching in the classroom, I knew there was a massive gap between what I was teaching them in my curriculum and actually where these young people would end up, where it's getting jobs in uh, technology or just accessing the wider uh, job market with these digital skills. So I knew that in order to prepare my young people and make them competitive in um, society, it was about making sure that the skills that they were learning were the skills that industry needs, but also skills that you can use to build your own business and understand technology. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I've heard you speak before and your passion really comes through when you're speaking. And as you know, we're somewhere in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, uh, how have you coped with this when you've been teaching in the classroom and how have your young people coped? Yeah, so what we've, over the years, we've always had to look at in terms of uh, blended learning. And I can remember when I first started, it was VLE at the time in terms of putting work up on the VLE system for snow days. And then um, we'd put it up for homework. And then some ed techs had, you know, uh, monopolised in that area of uploading work and doing work online. So when the pandemic um had hit the uh, the UK and the world, we then had to ensure that the work that we had online was efficient for uh, young people and also supporting teachers to deliver content online effectively. So during this whole uh, pandemic, we have fast forwarded a lot of the things that we wanted to do in terms of uploading work on VLE and delivering lessons from VLE now to actually doing it. Now the challenge is, is with this um, with this online revolution of remote learning, how do we do it effectively? How do we engage young people over a period of time so that they can keep coming back to the resources, asking teachers for the help and being led from um, a remote space? So that's been a, a, a real challenge, but also exciting opportunity at the same time. 
Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, so with education, can you, do you see the pandemic further changing anything such as uh, curriculum content? Yeah, so what, we, what we've found is that with this uh, pandemic, it's now um, put us in a position to think about exams, so the traditional exams in the exam hall, to whether it's project-based or part uh, project, part um, some type of test to, to test your competencies. But the, the biggest thing that we've seen through the, um, the pandemic is about application. So a lot of time of the, the content is about helping young people to remember uh, the schemes of work for them to be prepared for the exam. Now, that doesn't necessarily work in a uh, blended ed environment effectively. So is it in the future that, um, you know, re remote learning will incorporate some type of application where young people can go and build something or create or design something and then put it into a professional portfolio to show their, their competence within the particular skill or subject they're trying to learn? So I think that there's this huge opportunity to really change um, how we do schooling and do it for the better in terms of society. Absolutely. This this is part of the revolution for greater equity within education. Uh, Mark, share with our listeners, please, um, some of what led to you being awarded the London Business Award for Paying It Forward in 2019, explaining what Paying It Forward is and what that you know really means, and then what, what, what it involved, please. So some of the uh, work that we were doing in terms of inviting um, edtech startups into school, what I realised is that there, there was a great opportunity in terms of connecting professionals to young people, because most of the time what you'll find is that professionals will just parachute into schools for an hour or two and talk about you know these lavish jobs and opportunities, but there was a, there's an element of disconnect in the sense of young people actually going on to forward to learn about these uh, roles or, uh, or, or career opportunities. So one of the things that we did is that we started to invite the companies in to work alongside our young people to solve problems that were in the community. But also, um, it was a great opportunity for uh, our, our young people to look at the technology that these digital businesses were using to create their startups, SMEs, and so forth. So that built confidence within uh, young people, and also it built confidence into the industry because they realised that these young individuals are talented more than probably what they expected. So that kind of broke down the perception wall of that young people are not good at too many things, but actually they are good at things. It's just sometimes we just need to help them to get to that place. So. That was picked up by uh, the London uh, Business Awards in terms of acknowledging that the work that we need to do to, uh, to, to connect young people and to empower young people is much more than just coming into the school and just doing a two-minute or three-minute uh, you know, guest talk on, 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 the, on the industry. I completely agree with that. You know, it's that ongoing interaction between education and industry. You've also um, done quite a bit of work with PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, and founded UK Black Tech. Could you share with our listeners a bit more around the achievements that you made there? So one of the, the, the interesting areas that I'm finding with um, technology is that the greater the representation, the greater that we include homegrown talent into the mix, 
leads to better tools, services, products, organisations, um, etc. And I think that uh, the work that we have done with PwC in terms of giving young people um, touch points to understand what industry looks like from an accountancy tech firm and then using the power of the UK Black Tech Network to showcase representation, that's a powerful thing in the sense that we want to help the UK to become the most innovative in, in, in that in that uh, pursuit. You definitely need to make sure that representation is embedded in. So the work we done with PwC was showcasing that. And, you know, one of the success stories that we had from the PwC um, engagement piece was is that some of those young people that we invited to their HQ to do some work about the future of work then got jobs uh, or apprenticeships in the city doing cybersecurity of the experience of that. So we knew that the, the connection that we had with PwC was powerful. And then with the, with the UK Black Tech uh, behind that, again, we were able then to kind of broaden the, the opportunity out to our networking community. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So you've just mentioned a couple of skills there. You've mentioned cybersecurity, and we obviously are in a fourth industrial revolution. Are there any other skills that students um, need? And we've also mentioned, you know, a, cha- a changing, a potentially changing curriculum. What other skills, you know, we'd be looking to foster in our young people in schools and with industry collaborations? So one of the misconceptions we have, especially when it comes to computer science, is that we're teaching it to help young people become coders and programmers. And sometimes that's not necessarily the case. We're actually teaching young people to navigate society because society is now underpinned by technology. So by um, teaching students computer science, uh, we're teaching them about the, the power of uh, using these tools uh, effectively. Now, off the back of that, you have got some great tools such as uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence, robotics, big data, facial recognition. Now, in terms of all of these emerging technologies, um, it's important that our students are understanding how these things work, because ultimately we don't want to get manipulated by them in, in the long run. But also, you know, as I was saying before, um, we need we need more young people to understand how these um, how these tools work. So probably one that they can build their own company using these uh, uh, tool sets. It's like the days of uh, desktop. We used to teach desktop so that you know when 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 the individuals left us, they could get a, a, an easy admin would be easy in terms of what they would do, no matter what job or sector they would move into. And I think that that's going to be the future of these emerging tools that no matter what you do, you're going to have to understand facial recognition, machine learning, AI, artificial intelligence, similar to the desktop skills that we would have taught uh, many years ago. Absolutely. And and they need to be just totally digitally literate and questioning also regarding you know issues around privacy. So. I'll just take you back a bit now um, to what was your experience of computing like at school? Yeah, so my my computer experience at school was very um, very basic in the sense that we were we were we were being taught the desktop skills, but I had a real passion in terms of you know putting in content. So we a lot of the stuff that we was doing at school was putting in content into computers at the time. So we would 
you know, look at the auto trade and put cars into databases to understand how database relationships work. We'd use Excel, Word and so forth and, and a little bit of HTML. And I think that's what inspired me in the sense that with technology, the more you can put your own uh, spin, creativity and skills into uh, this the, these new types of innovations, it helps to produce a greater output of whether it's productivity or, or innovation that you're looking for. And that's what probably led me to teaching in the sense that actually I understand this so well, I can part this knowledge onto whether it's younger generation or pairs that are looking to upskill themselves and to, to really understand how this, uh, this technology uh, age is working. So, yeah, it, it started from school and, you know, many years later, I'm still in there, still trying to teach, educate, unlearn, relearn the whole process of tech. Absolutely. It's an ongoing journey, really. So what have been your biggest challenges that you have encountered so far within your teaching career? I think in teaching, you have to know what you want to get out of the, the whole experience. And one of the challenges that I always had is that I never really wanted to become a school leader, uh, like a head teacher or anything like that. I just wanted to become a subject specialist. But at the time, there wasn't a clear career guide or career plan to become a subject specialist apart from an AST uh, badge. But the AST badge showed you the, the heart of teaching and learning, but it didn't show you the heart of you know tech um, and, and so on. So that's when I had to... Um, go outside of my way to do the um, the Google, the Microsoft, the Apple, the Adobe Specialist Teachers Awards, upskill myself to the point that I understand how these uh, big techs are using technology within school, and then also understanding what the future looks like for our young people. So, the, you know, the, the challenge of the journey that I've been on hasn't been very clear in terms of the career path. But um, it's been exciting and for me. It's been really rewarding in the sense of how far I've come from the, the different barriers into being a subject specialist that understands how technology works, not only in schools, but in society um, and so on. Okay, so you've just mentioned some of your biggest rewards there and your achievements. I mean, you know, it's... It's a journey and, you know, there may be lots of other people out there on the same path or a similar path um, who will draw a lot from your story. And we can really hear your passion coming through here. So, you know, who inspires you? Who, who are your role models? I think the, 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 the people that inspire me is my friends, my family. It's, um, you know, people that I've just... Um, been able to grow up with and, 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 and help me to account to what I want to do in life. And I've been really thankful for for those individuals. And I think that, you know, when you are focused on something and when you are determined to achieve something in life, you know, you need people that are there to encourage you when the days don't seem to be working out or adding up. And, you know, you need people that are able to um, just be beside you to hold your hand through the process. Because I think sometimes if if that if that path is not clear for you, you need individuals that are able to pick you up and, and so forth. And then, you know, we've got a great teaching body. So I know lots of teachers across the world and in the UK, uh, you know, doing amazing work. And, you know, I've been so thankful to be friends with them. So so too many names to mention on, on probably on this podcast, but yeah, they know who they are. And 
yeah, we're 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 still plowing through in, in this difficult time. Uh, yes, indeed. So one of the names by which you are known is the Urban Teacher. Could you share with our listeners uh, the choosing of the name Urban Teacher and how that helps you to connect with your audiences? So Urban Teacher at the time was, um, it, it, it was it, it, it's interesting. It was a name that I was looking for on Twitter. I was looking for a cool teacher. I was looking for a really standout name. And, and that was the name that um, was available at the time. And I think it just re- it really uh, represented who I am, an inner city teacher um, who's really passionate about technology and really wanting to make sure that, you know, our, our young people in the community uh, leave school with the best insight, best digital skills and best um, equity to do the stuff that they need to do to survive in society. So it's, it's, it's living with me forever since. And um, yeah, nothing, nothing too mysterious about the name. <laughs> I, I, you know, you probably say your accent also leads us to guess with urban teacher. Okay, so yeah. I think my, my 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 London accent, people get that straight away. That you know, he's he's definitely um, inner city driven. That's <laughs> all good, all good. Uh, what advice would you give to new teachers to our profession, uh, you know, in terms of navigating a teaching career and a, particularly a teaching career in computing and computer science? So one of the things that you need to do is uh, define yourself before you let anyone else define you. So that means that if you are, um, if you want to go up the, um, the teacher leadership spine or if you want to become a subject specialist or you know, you, you want to work on some amazing projects, you've got to be very clear in terms of what that looks like. And if you don't understand what that looks like, either go out and find people that are doing the things that you want to do or uh, people that can champion you in um, in your endeavours. But it's really clear that you have to have that because on those days when you do get the knockbacks or the days that it doesn't work for you or the days that, it just doesn't seem to be clicking. You need to ensure that you know you, you, you're focused on that end goal. And uh, I think, for, and also for new teachers, that you know, there's no such thing as being a perfectionist. I think when I came in, you know, you, you always want to try and plan the best lessons, you want to try and plan the best activities. But what you'll find is that you learn through your mistakes. So don't be too hard on yourself as you um, enter in. Absolutely. Now, one of the areas that you're passionate about is diversity and inclusion within the classroom. What can teachers do who do not find themselves in areas that are particularly diverse but need to teach their students about a diverse and inclusive computing education and computing tech landscape, really? So I think with the power now on Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Google Classroom and so forth, now you can call upon those grassroots community groups that are doing diverse things within uh, computer science and beyond. So I think that, you know, the barriers have been, um, the barriers have been reduced in terms of engaging with diverse people in in, in your field. Um, Then also from obviously the George Floyd incident, I think a lot of uh, professionals have realised that, you know, uh, there are certain communities that are, 
haven't had the, the, the resources or the, um, the opportunities to really thrive in, in spaces. And it's about us understanding that, you know, we'd like to have an equal society, but unfortunately it's not. And we can see it through, um, you know, education outputs all the way through to job career outputs and who sits on different boards and, and committees and meetings. So one of the things that I would definitely recommend or advise is that in order to, you know, really uh, broaden your horizon in the space of inclusion and equity, it's about, you know, reaching out to some uh, individuals that are really, or groups that are really pushing the boundaries of whether it's culture, uh, culturally driven curriculums or, um, you know, increasing the representation within subject areas and within school settings and in leadership models. And, um, yeah, just there's tons of books out there that you can definitely uh, read and to, to get some insight and to get some um, exposure of what's, what the reality is for some individuals of um, our student population and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just about you. We have to take those steps, though, sometimes... We don't take those steps. We just don't know the, the the struggles that people go through. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And for our listeners, there are resources on the Computing at School website which can support you in your teaching around diverse and inclusive topics. So please do have a look at the CAS website. Thank you, Mark. That has been really inspiring and interesting to speak with you. And I'm sure our listeners will agree. Are you ready to play a quick fire round in one word answers? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. So, what is your most treasured classroom possession? My board pens. I think, you know, when you when the ink runs out or you don't have them in quick uh, reach, it could be a nightmare. So having my board pens beside me or having different colours um, and having an eraser is always great uh, features to have. Okay, thank you. Um, your most, your actually, we'll go for your favorite app. My favorite app that I use at this current time is, um, <laughs> funny enough, is Microsoft Teams. So, you know, it's sort of, you know it's, I think it's become all of our favorite apps in the sense of having to uh, plan meetings, set up work, uh, just do all the amazing stuff. And one of the things that I like is the add on features we can add on your own. Uh, bits and pieces to get things done more quicker. Okay. What about your favourite technolo- technology movie or computing movie? So one of the things that um, really amazes me about life is in terms of um, technology and how that's going to shape society. And a movie that's probably, you know, one of the best to kind of even give us a picture of what that looks like is Matrix. So we don't know whether the, the feature is going to be red or blue pill, but we do know that you know, artificial intelligence, robotics and, you know, machine learning is definitely going to shape the way we live as humans. Absolutely. How about music? What is your favourite soundtrack? Favourite soundtrack at the moment? I don't have anything in specific, but um, I, I like a lot of low, lo-fi music, chilled, relaxed in my element and like to listen to it when I'm doing work. So that's probably uh, not a... Not a particular track but just the general music okay okay um, if you could invent something to make the wor- world better what would that something be that's a very interesting question so one of the things is, is i think it's about um I, I like blockchain at the moment because it's decentralized and how 
you know, finances and um, the way we just do stuff on this planet. And I think that by having more open source products and tools where even the, 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 the lowest uh, individual or lowest community can actually access and have a, and remove that barrier too, then, you know, I think that that's going to always going to win uh, my approval. Okay, okay. Um, Talking about blockchain and new tech, have you experimented with any cryptocurrency? Um, not not quite. Um, I've, I've tried to build something in Python. I've tried to build a, a blockchain kind of um, infrastructure into Python because that's what we, we currently have learned in terms of Python over the years. And that's been very interesting in the sense of um, the power of understanding how blockchain works in terms of smart contracts, um, how data is stored in blocks. That is, it needs two or three kind of, uh, you know, green lights to get it to, to go. So for me, um, yeah, uh, learning it in Python, but in terms of particular coin and owning some, yeah, if anyone wants to, you know, uh, give me a, a Bitcoin, I'd be really happy to have one at the moment. Okay, so ready and primed and willing to join the Bitcoin revolution. Okay, and yeah. on, <laughs> are there any books, top books around uh, education or computing education that you're currently reading or have read? So what's interesting in the last couple of months is that we've seen quite a few uh, programming books now that have great representation. So from um, you know black uh, young girls uh, that are now um, the main character in some of these coding books to really inspire a generation. I, I think we've probably seen that through you know the movement of Black Panther and, and other movies that kind of shows greater representation. And I think that moving forward, the books that have a diverse uh, range of authors and um, different representation within that, again, is always going to win my uh, uh, approval in this space of understanding digital skills. I don't have a book um, as such. I think there's, actually, there is a book, The Outliers, that, that was pretty cool in the sense of sometimes the outliers are the ones that are in the fringes of where this innovation, society, and they just end up doing really well. So, um, yeah, that, that book in particular has uh, probably caught my um, attention. Excellent. So, yeah. Good, good. I haven't come across that one. It's, uh, I'll put that on my reading list. Uh, last one from me. What's the best, best bit of advice that you have ever been given career-wise? The best bit of career advice is, is that um, no matter how um, how many times you fail, see that as uh, feedback. So see your failure as feedback rather than you know it's just it's just you. And you know as educators, as professionals, as people just in general, we make so many mistakes and we can beat ourselves up about it. But if we see those mistakes as, you know, stepping stones to get us to where we uh, need to get to, then sometimes the mistakes, we can see the, the lesson in them instead of just beating ourselves up about them. Fantastic. Excellent advice. So, Mark, it has been a pleasure to interview you and thank you very much. It's been really great to hear about your hopes for education and diversity in tech. And I do hope that our listeners will join us again soon to, for another CAS Inspire story. Mark Martin, MBE, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care.